Good morning, beautiful people, and welcome to the Highly Melanated Podcast Show. I am your host, Natasha Monique, and I thank you guys for tuning in. On this season of the Highly Melanated Podcast Show, we will be traveling through motherhood with me. As a new mommy of a now 20-month-old, but he is really 48 I am uh, learning the ropes as I go along um, with jugg- and also with juggling my career uh, with wanting to be an entrepreneur um, and being a partner and still trying to be a sexy ass move. So we're going to talk about all of that this season. So um, again, thank you guys for for tuning in. Happy New Year. Um, did I talk to you guys before Christmas or after Christmas? I don't know. But Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, Feliz Navidad, you know, Happy King's Day, everything, whatever you celebrate. Happy all that. It's a new year, man. Um, I'm excited for the new year. Uh, I really am. Like, <laughs> I find myself saying that all the time, but I really do feel excited. I feel it in my spirit. I feel a shift um, in me. Uh, the more and more I do the podcast and the more and more I start living in my truth, not just saying it to you guys, but then behind closed doors, still not living it. The more that I actually stand in it and live in it, it motivates me to just keep pushing forward and healing. And one of the hardest things about healing is that, sorry guys, I'm talking to you. I'm just making sure that my notifications don't pop up on my phone or my mom don't call me back again and ruin my podcast. But anyway, I just had to turn all that off. Sorry, I got distracted. But, um, dang it, I st- a minute and 47 seconds into this, I, I freaking forgot what I was about to say. Ugh, um, it's uncomfortable um, speaking your truth. Because a lot of times we're taught not to talk out the house. A lot of times you're also embarrassed. And I know for me, I am really um, struggling and fighting with um, being so timid when it comes to um, certain people. And honestly, specifically, people that remind me of women who bullied me growing up. People who remind me of um, family members um, who were women that bullied me growing up. So there are still triggers for me. And it is crazy that, you know, it started in the family. So a lot of times if I'm in a situation and I feel like somebody is being really aggressive, like it makes me extremely uncomfortable. And um, I remember my therapist asking me like, well, are you, what are you afraid of? And I said, to be honest, I don't know, but it feels like they're going to hit me, even though I know I'm not going to let nobody just straight out hit me. That's just not going to happen. Like, a whole different nigga come out. Like, we really would be rocking the street like two dudes. However, the way I was raised and the type of abuse I endured growing up, like, it kind of, like, it really messed me up. Like, mentally, it really did. And I never realized how much I um, dealt with that type of abuse, that type of bullying until therapy. Because I remember being that person who I either was comfortable with being, like, don't call me if y'all fighting, but call me if you want me to talk some sense into you, call me. But then I also struggle with, but I don't want to just be that person because my cousins are rough, my sister's rough, I want to be like that. And I had to say to myself, like, that's not you. You have to find your balance. Who who are you? Like, yeah, please call me. If you about to do something crazy, please call me. Like, you know, if, if y'all about to do something, like, stupid, call me. If fighting, don't call me. But also at the same time, it was like, there were moments where I was like, if we got to get bug wild, then we got to get bug wild. But still, I just did not want that to be the, the, the option. But sometimes it has to be. Like, sorry to say, sorry, but not sorry. It has to be. Because like I said in the last podcast, some niggas, you got to tune them up. Like, seriously. And it's not with malice. It's not with hatred. It's really like, you got to defend yourself. But I, I, um, I struggle with that because I, I would go back and I would think and I would say to myself, like, that wasn't even you. I remember times of trying to fit in where um, I have uh, cousins who were like that. Like, that's all they did was talk about fighting and beating people up. And sometimes I'll be quiet or then sometimes I'll be a co-signer. And I'm like, this is not me. This is not 
who I am. Like, it's, I don't even like violence. Like, seriously, I like to watch it. I like anything that got to do with somebody kicking ass. Um, I love that I'm starting to take kickboxing. I like going to the shooting range. Like, I like knowing how to defend myself. But when I see somebody get hurt, like, I don't like that. Like, that breaks my heart. Whenever my brothers, because boys, men, they don't have feelings when it comes to certain shit like that. Like, honestly, they don't. Um, so whenever my brothers would send me, like, somebody getting knocked out, like, I would get really upset with them because that's the image that I, I don't want to see. Like, I grew up in the projects. I've seen all of that. I've seen people get hurt. I suffer from PTSD. We all do when we grew up in those neighborhoods. We are predisposed to that already. I don't want to fucking keep saying that. So for me, um, I can't look at it. And, and knowing, like, if you can't even look at stuff like that because you know it's wrong, don't try to be something that you are not. If you are the sister, if you are the empath who feel everything, you're hypersensitive, but you're all about it. And, and because you're hypersensitive, you're, you you know when people are hurt and, and, and you understand that hurt. So you like, let's not be that way. Be that fucking person. So that's what I'm working with, being that person. Because you stand out, honestly, when you be yourself. Because if you think about it, everybody is the same. And growing up in black neighborhoods, a lot of us all, we, we had to fight. It, it really is like survival of the fucking fittest. But for me, um, my mom, she kind of sheltered me from it. Like, I stayed in the house a lot. So even though I got to go outside and play, like, I really didn't go outside and, like, play enough. And whenever my cousin was about to do some bullshit, for the most part, I would go back in the house. It wasn't until I got a little older that I was trying to fit in, that I would do little stuff. But still, when it was there, whenever they was about to fight, I went in the house. Because I'm like, it ain't about being a punk. It's like, I don't do that. I don't feel the need to have to fight. That just was always stupid to me. But the older I'm getting, um, especially now with my own son, like, I am working on my own triggers. Because I remember growing up in the projects. And I remember being, it was just me and my brother, you know. And so, I remember being jumped. And I never looked at it as getting beat up. Because my mother... Even though I was sheltered, my mom was like a tomboy growing up because she had four brothers and then she came. It's eight of them, but my grandma had four boys first and then four girls. So my mom was the first girl. So it was four brothers before her. So my mom was used to being rough and I was like that. But that Christianity, that turn the other cheek, like it made us so soft. But my mom had the in her. Like if somebody hit you, she used to be like, you better hit them the fuck back. And I would. So whenever I got jumped, I'm sorry, that's what I forgot to say. That and that also that saying that black saying that your mama tell you, if you get in jump, you either you listen, you grab somebody and you wear their ass out. Or, you know, if you can't grab nobody and they call coming at once, ball up. My mother never told me that, but she told me the first one, wear their ass out. But you know, we can't dismiss the fact that you might get fucked up, so you might might as well just ball yourself up and just take it. Just don't let them fuck your face up and let, hit nothing vital way to kill you. It's crazy, but that's just how we grew up in our neighborhoods. But knowing that I just had to grab one person and wear their ass out, I wouldn't consider myself getting beat up. I just was bullied a lot. <laughs> I really was. And um still being in the same place that made me sick, um, that made so many of us sick, it still triggers. I still live in that area, I still live in that town, you know, I'm still here. It's a lot of triggers for me. I'm still around certain family members. It's a lot of triggers for me. I don't, I, you know, you got to have that space to unpack. And that's what I'm working towards, unpacking. So for me, I've become really introverted. Whereas I used to be that outgoing. I don't want to, I don't want to be that person right now. Like I pick and choose my battles. Like I was the outgoing person on New Year's Eve when we had karaoke and my cousin put uh, DMX on. Now let me tell you something. I, just, what? I live for the rap shit. I do. Even though I can sing, I really live for the rap shit. Like, I'm a whole nigga with DMX. Come on, I work out to DMX. And now that I'm getting into kickboxing, like, that's what I have to play to motivate myself. Because it's like, I just, I understand. Like, I feel it even more. Like, my mom sheltered me so much from, um like violence I, I wasn't allowed to watch boys in the hood i wasn't allowed to watch uh minister society like anything that had to do with the hood my mom was like don't watch that so it always made me gravitate to the to to to, to real shit i wouldn't even say darkness to real i was thinking darkness because dmx but now i gravitate to real shit even more so i can have a better understanding because i do realize i was bullied because of that because they like people in the neighborhood knew like this bitch just walking around here like life is sweet like because people knew that and even because my family um 
envied me be, be, and hated me because of being that way. Like, I was like, I got to do my research. I was upset with my mother because I know she just tried to protect me. But it was like, bitch, you, you made it worse for me. They teased me even more. They fucked with me even more because of that. So now, you know, I'm working through that. Unpacking it and removing myself. Because I don't want to be anything to anybody right now. I just want to um, be a mother and work on my relationship because that's what's important to me. And I feel like um, for us black folk, we're always taught that, you know, our family is important. Or sometimes we'll even pick our own friendships over our relationship because we don't know relationships. Oh, no, I said that right. We'll pick our own friendships over our relationship because we don't know what healthy looks like. And I've seen friends do that. I remember my cousin um, uh, made a snar- uh, sly remark to me because I made my partner a plate first before I made my girlfriend a plate. And I was like, yeah, because he come first. And it's really mis- it's really fucked up in our black families because the the... the, the because of history and how the black mother has become everything in the household, um, we lost respect for our black men. Now, the other side to that is that black men don't respect and protect us, but I'm not on that right now. We're going to focus on this subject. We lost respect for our black men. We have been taught to be so strong. I'm a strong woman. I'm a strong, independent woman. I can handle this. I got this. That it looks weird to those that are that it, it, to those that don't understand to those of us that are still ignorant to it. It does look like you are docile. It does look like you are weak when you are going hard for your man. Because how many of us has seen healthy? We haven't. We have not seen healthy. And I know for me, I always see my mom at least. You know, um, take care of my stepdad. They didn't live in the same house, but I always seen her take care of him by, you know, he all, she always made sure he had his clothes. Like, because, you know, some men, they don't know how to buy some shit. So I always see my mom buy his underclothes, his um, long johns. Uh, my mom always cooked. You know, my stepdad, he always was around, but he didn't live there. And he provided financially. He also was a dad to me. So their relationship is their relationship. But I still seen some type of... Uh, connection with them and um was it healthy as healthy as it's gonna get for them but I know for me that wasn't enough because I I am doing what mom what I see my mom do but also I knew like I need to take this to a next level because I've never seen it I didn't see it with my dad and I you know again like I just said I, I didn't see it with my mom so um motherhood is it's really teaching me so much about myself and um again this journey is scary but I am unpacking every avenue um every 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 closed door every secret that was buried I'm digging that shit out if I can remember it I want to dissect it because I need to I need to better myself because when you know yourself can't nobody use it against you and I feel that's been my problem people know my trigger so they use it against me they know like because is the eccentric Tasha is the eccentric everybody just get along but their heart is not in that so I'm gonna fuck with her because hurt people hurt people so because they're still hurting and they're still looking at me like look at this fucking unicorn you black you came from poverty you was molested you was abused you was really fucked up but you still just be sitting there like it is what it is it's life some people are bothered by that because they're still working through their own trauma. And it's crazy that I deal with that shit every day as a black woman. We deal with wounded adults every all of we all of us do, but I'm just speaking as black women. I deal with wounded adults, unhealthy adults all day long. And they are triggers for me. And the more and more I um I am learning myself, I am less likely to to get upset. If anything, it it just makes me look at them and I feel sorry for them because I'm like, you have no idea how much work you got to do and you have no idea how much work I'm doing, but I feel like they're going to see it because I I, I was always a talker and I I would talk it just because I'm like, well, it sounds good, but when you start really living in your truth, 
I'm telling you, nobody can use that against you. They can't. They really can't. I'm so thankful that I was blessed to become a mother because I want to um, be amused for my son, you know, um, his dad and I. I want to, um, because I lived through it, I want to be able to share my story, share my truth, and make him aware. My mom didn't make me aware. My dad didn't make me aware, you know. And I don't even think they really knew how, especially my mom. Well, no, excuse me. My dad didn't really know how to, but my mom, as the best she knew how she did. But awareness is important, especially in our black communities. Awareness, because there's so much shit that goes on. There's so much shit that happens to us black folk every day. So I got to make sure that my son knows, you know, as much as I can tell him. So he's not shocked. I'm always shocked by the behavior of people because even though I grew up in the hood, again, I was sheltered. My family, culty. So if I'm only around that, seeing other people like that if I'm only around that when I see other people it would freak me out and my partner always laughs because Ayub is a hood hood person like conscious educated probably one of the smartest people I know but still he's hood I am not hood I am not I am not I don't even say hood hood (laughs) I'm so I still grew up there though you know and it's funny how we separate um, each other. And we isolate each other because of that. Because we are different, you know. Um, I was having this conversation with my girlfriend yesterday. And um, I, I love talking to her because one thing I'm learning about friendship, your motherhood is really teaching me who your real friends are. You know who really going to have your back, who really going to understand, who really going to tell you whether they curse you out or in in the most Christian-like way. Bitch, get your shit together. I've got your back, but get your shit together. And that's one of these friends that I have. She has always, from the time I met her, was so honest with me. She has been that friend who was like, stop talking to this person because the person talking about you. Stop send, stop, stop text messaging this person because they screenshotting your shit and they sending it to other people. She has always been that real friend. And I wasn't ready to receive realness because I wanted to fit in so bad with bullshit, with fake, with unhealthy. But this has really been my ride or die friend. And I feel myself getting emotional just saying it to y'all because black women, brown women, we got to fucking love one each other. We really need to. So shout out to my sister for really being that person for me. And I was saying to her yesterday that one of my triggers um, was not feeling black enough in my family um, and in the outside world around other black women who are not healed and um and even so much as to start to spill over into my parenting where my family members either directly or in a subtle way um would try to um show me how to be a black mother and it was very disrespectful very disrespectful um and I'm not talking about uh the advice you do get from uh, family members that are parents, you know, and it's it's the good advice. It's the advice that they've been really like, listen, I've been here before. No, I'm talking about the unhealthy adult that shows up and still look at me like you think you better than us, but I see a crack. I see that. I, I see. I, I I see you ain't that perfect. And it was with motherhood, on top of being teased for not being black enough, and it really. It's really been making me uncomfortable and I'm working through it, but it's also been a trigger and it's, it makes me angry because whenever a comment is made and I would defend myself, I would defend myself aggressively because the little girl in me is like, enough is enough. The little girl in me feels like, you ever see in a movie when like everybody is poking at one kid, like the kid is in a circle and they being spent around and put punched and poked and I, that's been me all my life. So now as a mother, it's like, hold the fuck on. Like, we not, we not going to keep doing this. And so it makes me go harder as a mother 
but it's still a trigger and it's still hurtful to not feel black enough it's like what the fuck is wrong with us to really do that to no i that's wrong i shouldn't have said what the fuck is wrong with us i know what's wrong with us this is years centuries of um separation with colorism you know um light back in slavery was yeah obviously somebody was raping somebody master was raping somebody and you came out this color so light was better but was it dark was in the fields so you see that separation right there so when you look at black families I know my family um on my mother's side a lot of us are lighter um can't really say I colorism was really um a huge thing in my family um as far as I know I just remember my grandmother always getting on my cousins for calling me white and I feel like they're white on my mom's side um from some of my cousins it wasn't hatred for me it really was being different and their ignorance we we equate um uh, a high level of intelligence um uh, the ability to articulate yourself, uh, the abil- uh, um, the knowledge to know to the knowledge to know. Okay, knowledge of um, nutrition. <laughs> um, we equate that to white people stuff. You know, when we make healthier options uh, with eating, and then it's like, and, and to ignorant people, it's you being white. So, I mean, I experienced that with my mom's side, but it really was um, my dad's side that I seen the difference. Um, My mom's side was a different type of abuse. Well, actually, when I'm thinking about it, it might have been because of that light skin thing and, you know, my mom sheltering us that some of my cousins, not really so much as my immediate cousins, but um, some of my cousins was pretty shitty to me when I think about it. Oh, so see what happened when you unpack shit? They were pretty shitty to me. Pretty fucking mean. And braided my hair tight. Tur than usual. So that just proves my point. We got to stop it. We have to because we isolate ourselves. And I know for me, um, going back to what I said earlier, anytime I was around somebody who reminded me of a family member who did something to me, I removed myself from them because they made me extremely uncomfortable. And on my father's side, fuck, bullied. Flat out. Bullied. It didn't matter if the cousin was light skin or dark skin. Bullied. It was obvious that I was different. Now, don't get me wrong. We played... But, and I have memories of being on my father's side of family. And that was the beautiful thing that I was raised um, to be around both sides. But still, let's not sweep shit under the rug. Let's, let's talk about the bad shit that we were programmed, that uh, religion has taught us to, to not do that. Let's talk about that. I still was isolated. I still was bullied. I still was treated differently because to them, I was different. And you don't forget that, you know. And going back to parenting, it's a serious trigger because of that. Because I was treated bad because I wasn't black enough. Because I didn't want to go outside and fight, you know. Because I didn't feel like I had to curse. Sometimes when I curse, I feel weird cursing. Because I feel like every word that comes in my mouth don't have to be a cuss word. I feel like I don't have to talk about violence all the time. I feel like I'm learning that I don't have to gossip all the time. You know, it's like like a curriculum to be be considered down and black. (laughs) that we had this invisible curriculum that we had and if you do not qualify for these things you are not black you are white that's what the fuck we do to each other and it hurts even more when you're a mother because you're so sensitive i know i am because i'm scared i'm i'm telling y'all my life story of how i grew up and i'm afraid because i'm like oh my god i don't want to mess this up for my baby so everything that I had to endure growing up. I don't want my baby to endure that. So I watched everybody like a hawk. Family was included because it was family members who did the most fucked up things to me. It was family members who psychologically damaged me. So I'm going to watch my baby. And that quiet, docile, timid, uh, submissive, turn the other cheek, that person is, is shedding more and more. More and more. And it's not even about getting physically violent with somebody. You could chop somebody up with just standing up for yourself. 
And I know for me, I didn't do that a lot. I was always taught to protect my brother, which was also psychologically damaging because that little brother was very disrespectful and very verbally abusive, just like my dad was to women. So this is what I'm working with. This is what I'm dealing with. And I'm telling y'all this because this story got to get out. But I'm also saying this because we need to be more kinder, right? We need to be kinder to one another because so many of us are dealing with a world of hurt. So many of us are carrying so much shit that we got to stop. I can't tell you how many times I've been out in a grocery store. And I got anxiety automatically because black women, young, ignorant black women, um, not older, younger, will follow me in a fucking store. Like I will be, say I'm looking in me, I'm grabbing my ground turkey. One day I was, and I was fucking pregnant. I was, this was November. So I was like four months pregnant, but you can see it because I'm not really a big, big girl. Like you, you could tell like, oh, she's pregnant. So I'm in that aisle and I'm getting my meat and these two girls come up and they're like, trying to reach over me and I took a step back and I looked at them but that was a trigger because I deal with that so much even now in my 30s I still deal with insecure wounded unhealthy adults because you take one look look at her she thinks she got it together or in their mind she got it together because I'm still wounded I'm gonna go fuck with her and that's what and seriously I'm so serious I can't tell you how many times like I had to really take a step back. Like, you serious right now? And my partner always say to me, I don't understand how you still haven't gotten it yet. Like, you got to defend yourself. And I'm like, I understand that I have to defend myself. But I'm fucking tired of defending myself. Because you got to defend yourself from your own family who don't like you. Your own family who don't understand you. Your own family who isolates you. Then I got to go out on this world and defend myself against being at work with other black women that look like me. Who feel like, oh, you got the potential to be better than me. Bitch, I'm about to fuck your world up. Black men who I work with who are so disrespectful. So I'm tired of fighting. So it's not about me not defending myself. I'm fucking tired of getting jumped. How many times I'm going to grab that one person and wear them out? Obviously, metaphorically speaking. I have done so much in my community. And for some people, it still was not good enough. For some people, still not black enough. For some people that I grew up with, they still reminded me, I remember you. And remember, I bullied you, bitch. Don't forget. That's a trigger. But the flip side of that and me speaking more positivity into the airways, me speaking more positivity into my life. There were so many that grew up with me and said, I, bruh, I appreciate, I appreciate you. Because some of us, you know, we talk like that. I appreciate you for what you did for my kids because we did not have this growing up. They took this shit out of our community. So I appreciate you. So that right there is what pushes me to keep on going, knowing that not every person, other unhealthy adult or not, feel that way about me. They still respect me as a black woman. Since I love you, thank you, and I appreciate you. And for those that didn't, it was like, I'm going to show you why it's important for us to unify. I don't give a fuck what color, because we all come in different colors. If you think about it, when our parents had... Think about some of us. If you look at some black families, everybody look different. Have you ever seen a family full of uh, brown, brown skin or light skin? Now that I'm thinking about it, Steph Curry and Aisha Curry family alone. No, I'm just joking. But no, seriously, with the exception, well, well obviously, when, if we're going to talk about science, when you're doing things like when you are, if you look at Steph Curry and Aisha Curry, for example, they have lighter children. So, but if their children um, date someone darker than them, it's a possibility they might be either darker or lighter. But my point is, before I get sidetracked, and because I'm working on that, shout out to my boo. My gangster boo, who always listened and told me I'm getting better at sticking to the subject. So when you look at black families, we're all we all different. Some of us come out, some come out dark. You've I've seen twins. One is light, one is dark. We gotta stop this shit. We have to. We have to. Come together. That is why it's so much easier outside forces <laughs> white folk to penetrate to come in to divide and to conquer we gotta work on that we really need to stop what we're doing to each other and I understand I understand a lot of us don't know pick up a book turn off love and hip hop 
watch watch some real shit. Pay, really watch some real shit. Matter of fact, go on YouTube and look up Dr. Joy DeGru Leary, formerly Leary. She talks about post-traumatic slave syndrome disorder. All of that. She talks about how it started from slavery. This separation, um, the the lack of um, well, not the lack. What I want to say, I, I I talked to you guys about this before. The whole um, our mom, that the feeling that um, our moms um, when they, they when they're not able to encourage us. You know, when somebody's saying, you know, your daughter is such an amazing person, your son is such an amazing person, but the first thing that comes out of a lot of our mouths is, ah, but he hard-headed as hell. Because we don't even know how to say, yeah, my baby, mm, my baby is good. My baby is a star. Stems from slavery. If your mama didn't want master to sell, you gonna, you gonna play that down. Your, your kid is gonna be dumb as shit. Anything for your kid not to get sold. And it just, over time, that's what happens. That's where that comes from. I encourage you to really read a book. You'll feel different. I know I feel different the more and more I read things. Um, I've been reading Black Girls Rock. Amazing. Um, It's just so many black women. It's over like 200 pages. Honestly, I've been reading this since August. I just finished um, Taraji's Around the Way Girl. I loved it. It spoke so much to me because I I aspired to be in the entertainment. I knew since I was a little girl that I'm supposed to be something else. And people say it to me all the time. Even people that I work with who are in, who have been in the business. I work with um, a former comedian. um, And he always would say to me, I don't feel comfortable saying his name because I'm still working on... um, patting my own self on the back and, and not feeling like I'm being conceited but just working with a former comedian and him saying to me so many times like you um you have a a, a a presence and you should be doing something else one of my colleagues who sings she uh travels and sings in a band that's her her, her passion her side gig she said to me you have a face that you should be doing something else you have a personality you should be doing something else that's respect especially coming from a comedian because you know when you know a comedian you always try to say funny shit (laughs) and for me it's not even that I'm trying like that's just how I grew up and that's one of the uh, positive things that I take out of um, growing up in my family on both sides Um, comedy both sides was funny both sides is funny Um, my dad is uh, inappropriately funny narcissistically funny Um, (laughs) but he made me so thanks dad you take the good with the bad so, um, gotta do the work, y'all. We really have to do the work, man. Go back and then look at some old, um, YouTube videos of a uh, speech from Malcolm X. I remember growing up, they only taught us about Malcolm, I'm sorry, Ma- uh, Martin. They didn't really teach us about Malcolm because why the hell would you teach black kids by any means necessary? Wouldn't you teach them nonviolence? I think you should know both. Balance. You should know both. In my house, it was non-violence. But it really was. It's somebody hit you in the back. But see, my mother messed up. She should have said. But if you got the truer motherfucker out with words only, this is what you say. <laughs> but it was hard because of Christianity. My grandma told us to turn the other cheek. We got to wake up, people. We really do. We really do. And um, I'm thankful to have the partner that I have because I feel like Bakari is in good hands. His village is amazing. It's a village. It's a lot of men, women, but mainly men on his dad's side. On my mother's side, it would, it's just a lot of women um, nurturing, but it's still like you can't teach a man how to be a man. I feel like both men and women need that balance. You know, for me, the balance would be teaching my son how to treat a woman, you know, and for his father, teaching him how to be a man. Um, so for me, I wish I had that balance. I wish all black girls get that balance. All little black boys get that balance of knowing, you know, um, how it is to treat a woman as a black man and how it is for him to treat himself as a black man. It's missing. It, It was missing in so many of our homes. And so that's why, you know, 
it's important as parents to be that for your kid. It's scary. We don't know. We just figure it out as we go along. But you got to do the work. You have to. Start building a tribe, man. Reach out to some friends. Uh, look on some uh, Instagram pages. YouTube, uh, I'm sorry, YouTube. I keep saying YouTube because I was telling you about that early. Facebook pages. Find some mom groups. that Women that look like you. The, the amazing thing um, about uh, being vulnerable and uh, having a podcast and even recording some of the day-to-day uh, things that I do with my son is that I get a lot of feedback from moms. Some of my friends, some are just my friends um, on Inst- on social media. But I still consider them like, if we lived in the same town, bitch, we would be friends. So shout out to them too because they are so encouraging. You know, um, my good girlfriend reached out to me um, about my episode of Chips for Breakfast. And she was like, I, I, I love that, you know, you give your kid I'm mostly paraphrasing (laughs) but she was saying like I love that she was honest about giving your kid like chips for breakfast because like parenting is really hard you know obviously y'all know that moms but it's even harder for a black parent you know because it's like again this curriculum this criteria you have to have as a strong black mother you know so um and then on top of uh, me personally, I struggle because for my family, um, some of the things I do that there is white because I would give my kid, um, healthy alternatives to eat, but, um, I wouldn't give him like snacks all the time, but then sometimes I would give him snacks and then I would feel uncomfortable because I feel like it's making me a bad mother to the white mothers. And I can admit that. That I really felt like, well, what about the moms that are like, and not even white moms, but the, the black moms that, that's really like, I go on their page and they making their kids like carrots and, and all of that shit. Like, my son eats really healthy because we eat healthy, but still at the same time, like, I don't feel like that all the time. But, and, and so for my girlfriend to say like, it's okay, like, bro, you ain't the only one, it's all good, it, it, it's all good, I love it, I'm happy that you admitted that. That felt good to hear. It definitely felt good to hear. Um... I only had my baby for 20 months. Well, I mean, if I guess you count the amount of time that he was in my belly. So, we've been together for about three years. And I'm just getting started, man. So, you know, I'm I'm learning not to be so super hard on myself. Um, But I'm also, I also know that it's important for me to work on me first. So I can show him the healthy adult and I can show him what the unhealthy adult looks like, but what the unhealthy adult does to become healthy. So I'm ready, man. I'm so ready. And what's really helping me is boundaries with family members and friends um, and protecting my space, protecting my space. When I come home, I just, I come in the house and I go straight into being a mother. I do. And I love it. Um, I didn't have so much time before because I would come home at like seven, sometimes eight, sometimes nine, because I was so heavily involved in um, my job. And I think that my partner, no, I know that my partner started to resent me because he's a man and um, he's not used to stay at home dad. He he took the job because he's like, okay, you know, I'll let you do you, you know, you're already um, established, you know, um, I'm still working on my businesses but I can do it from home so you go ahead and you rock out and he did let me rock out but because I didn't know balance back then I would carry that and I'll bring it home so it's like bad enough I'm letting you rock out but you won't bring this home and overwhelm me with this ask me how my day is going I'm a stay-at-home dad how do you think I feel you know I'm going through my emotions and we don't talk about um our you know the emotions of our black men you know, their mental health and for him being gone for 20 years of his life and coming home and, you know, dating and, 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 and now having a son, you know, he really didn't get to live his life because we, 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 we met kind of fast, you know, so I can imagine, you know, him 
feeling like how I felt uh, with my world just stopping. But I had 32 years of, I wild out. I had a good time. He just coming home. And now I'm straight into fatherhood mode because I love you that much because I I respect you as a partner that much and I respect your hustle. I'm going to let you rock out and I'm going to stay home and be dad. I forgot to ask him how he was doing. I forgot to check in on him. And now we're in that space where we talked about when I said to you guys, him being emotionally unavailable. It's not just because of him, you know, being incarcerated. It's also because I depleted him. Because I dumped so much of me onto him. And so it's like I don't have that much energy for you right now. (laughs) Which is why I know for me personally, um, why did I say for me personally? Which is why I know I have to do the work for myself so I can stop dumping so much on him. So we're able to come together and say, okay, now let's talk. So we're both making withdrawals and deposits into each other, not it being one-sided. Everything takes time. I didn't realize how much uh, my partner loved me until I got to that point where I felt like he doesn't love me anymore. And it made me really sad. And I was really emotional and I was depressed. Um, I cried a lot. Um, I just wasn't myself. And one day I just, I broke down and I told him, I said, I don't think you like me. And he let me speak my piece and it was like, left it at that but I, and I felt good I was like oh, I had to get off my chest and I explained to him that you know my reasons why I thought that he didn't like me um well I knew that he didn't like me um it, but I knew a lot of it was because he resented me and that's that's something that goes on in a black household as well you know I'm looking at my partner she's successful you know, um, I'm just coming home and I have to get my business started. But I'm in a relationship with somebody who demands a lot of attention, you know, who demands a lot of maintenance. And so he began to not see me as pretty as anymore because now he's seeing this real personality. The mask is off. He's seeing all of me. And he like, you, you, you a lot. You a lot. And, and, and you know, you, you costing me a lot of money. Even though I have my own, I still... I, I, I'm still taking, even though you have your own, I'm still going to take care of you. And he would. I'm sharing so much of this with you guys just to say, like, this is real. What you're feeling is real. You know, men pay attention to your women. Women pay attention to your men. black folk we deal with a lot man and a lot of a lot of us are unhealthy adults still trying to tell that little kid like it's okay or just still holding that little kid hand like come on I'm taking you with me can't go you can't go It's funny because I just had this episode so differently in my mind. Um, but you got to listen to your, your, yourself. And myself was like, talk about it. Just say whatever you feel right now. You know, you, you have way more episodes where you could, um, you know, go into <laughs> do your other subjects. Um Honestly, seriously, y'all, I really didn't have it going like this in my head. But I'm happy that I, I, I said that and I spoke that truth because we need to be honest and we need to stop pretending, you know. And that's another thing we get caught up in with social media as couples. Like, you see other people's relationship and you want that. I don't want that. And I don't want y'all to want mom. Mm-mm. I remember having a conversation with a young woman and um, she said to me, 
both y'all have a relationship, how open y'all are, how your partner is like, I'm not going to cheat on my lady. We're going to do it together. And yeah, that's respect. I, I'm happy that you, you know, but I don't, I don't want you to wish that. I don't want you to want what we have. I want you to have it for yourself. Not, I don't want you to want what we have. I don't, I don't, mm-mm. we got to get, we got to get out of that. Because we live in a world where social media makes it so much easier for you to see shit that's not even real. Because even though my partner understands my personality, at the same time, it messed up our relationship because of my personality, because of my trauma. The silver lining was... um, him being comfortable and allowing me to be a free spirit, free spirit but at what cost you know what I'm saying so I don't want my life please don't don't want my life now if you uh, if you just respect the honesty of it then absolutely but don't want what I don't, don't want that I'm learning not to want what people have either cause when I listen to my friends and they tell me stuff I be like shit I thought I had it crazy and rough. Let's let's hug this out, sis. You know, and I do appreciate my sisters who, um, whether I see them at work every day or, you know, they're miles away from me, but we talk and, you know, they be honest with me and they tell me, you know, I went through this in my relationship and we, you know, we tried this and this is, this is what's working for us. But I don't want their relationship. And if I catch myself being envious of anybody on social media, um, of their relationship, or a mom, I do a self-check. And I say to myself, why, why, why you want that? You don't know what they went through. You don't know what they had to endure to get their joy. You keep working on your joy. It's going to come to you, baby. It's going to come. And I have to constantly remind myself that. And sometimes I remove myself off of social media if it becomes too much. Because just look at social media, man. Social media is a trigger for so many of us and we just don't even know it. But I'm gonna leave y'all on that note. (laughs) Because it is time for me to get my baby together. I'm surprised he didn't get up. Time for me to get my baby together and get myself together for work. I know we covered a lot. In this episode, um, but the core of it, the foundation of it is unity amongst family, friends, vulnerability with family and friends, um, unity and vulnerability with your partner. Um, speak up for yourself, you know, it doesn't make you, um, uh, white to talk about your feelings. Mental health in a black community is a real thing. And so many of us are affected by it, you know, and um, a lot of us are afraid to talk about it because we're taught not to, you know, even in our own households. I can't tell you how many times I've I've been around women and I know that something going on with them and their husband and, and, you know, they're not comfortable to share. What's embarrassing to share because black folk, we don't know how to be vulnerable with each other. Now we know how to tear our men down. You know, but like, yeah, that nigga make me sick. He da, 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 da. We only know how to say that. We don't know how to say, I really love my partner and I really want to make this work. But we're going through X, Y, and Z. Because it's weird to us. It's foreign to us. All we know is pain. All I know is pain. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. But seriously, that's all we know. Can't sit in that. Because black folk, we will take some pain and make it funny. We will. I don't know why I just said that, but <laughs> I guess because I just did that. All I knew was pain. I'm being silly, but no, seriously, y'all. I don't want to get sidetracked, but it's okay to um, say you're not okay. You know, um, try therapy. I know right now I'm going, and I've been going for about three years. My partner's still not ready yet, and I can admit that he ain't ready. He don't want to go. And I can't make him. But I do know the more and more I heal 
and the more and more we're able to communicate with each other, excuse me, at some point, he gonna have to come. You just gonna have to come, sir. Sorry. You're gonna have to sit and talk this out together. Have to. There's nothing wrong with it. Therapy is so in the black community. I was watching um, Breakfast Club, um, and this was about a year ago. It was Taraji and um, Taraji P. Henson and her, I want to say her friend name is Tracy Jenkins, her best friend. And they started a foundation. Um, I I think the foundation is her dad name, and it's to help people with mental health and to um, help black um, aspiring black therapists. Um, fulfill their dream because it's not a lot of black therapists and I was so thankful and so gracious to find mine and I love her she is like a therapist and a mentor and a coach you know and I never felt like it was just you know therapy I always felt like she was talking to me like a mother you know like a big sister like an elder and saying to me, listen, a lot of these things, I've been through it. You know, you some of your shit you're doing is a trick. Some of the things you're talking about to me is a trigger for me. But because a therapist and a therapist, I'm working through it. But And I got you. And it always showed. And it still shows. If I say to her, you know, I know my session. Like, for example, my session is today. But if I say to my therapist, you know, hey, um, can we uh, process some things before my session? And we'll make it happen. And it really is. Sometimes me just sitting in my car. I'll go drive to the park. Um, if I'm at work, I'll go sit in the hallway. And we'll have a session. You have to do the work, man. You have to do the work. You have to. You have to be everything to you first and foremost. And I was everything to me, but in a selfish way. Because that's all I knew. Because remember, I raised myself. So all I knew was how to protect myself in my own way. You know, um, but now I'm really uh, standing in all of that. And now I'm protecting myself even more. And it's the healthy adult, not the little girl that I got to protect anymore. Well, I didn't realize I was talking for that long. Um, You guys have a beautiful day. Take care of one another. Love one another. be blessed y'all peace oh I'm sorry (laughs) this is Natasha Monique and I thank you guys for tuning in to the Holly Melanated Podcast show and y'all be blessed peace